Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside John. Hello. And Dave. Hello. I uh, did a different way around there just because obviously... You did, you put me first for I once. I did. Well Dave's not facing me so it was done that way because I, I said what I seen first. Dave on the line. Dave's online with us today so uh, um, hopefully fingers crossed it'll go smoothly. We've we've had a few hiccups in the past with uh, call-ins but it's it's fine. It should go okay. You hopefully. mean just tech in general? Yeah. Indeed. Dave, how's it going? Ah, uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Can't complain. I've had a bit of a catch up already. It's obviously because John's here with me in, in person, so we've had a bit of a catch up before uh coming on. So yeah. Um, how's it going? Good to hear. Um it's <laughs> yeah, you been... guys are fine, none of you guys had your tires slashed this week. No, that's true. Someone hates you and slice your tires. Yeah, pretty sure it's Stephen Noel. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. <laughs> maybe get to that after. I'm I'm really disappointed in myself in that um Campbell came in. It was far quicker with his response about your slashed tires. I should have came up with it in our group chat. Hashtag as, slashing. Yeah. As soon as yep. you said your tires slashed, I should have said something along those lines. But no, wasn't quick enough, unfortunately. Kind of I think on all, the pulse, as always. Indeed. I think all his um, Sidney Crosby jokes have came back to haunt him. That's what he was getting his own back. <laughs> Someone targeted him specifically for that. Yeah, it's some Pens fan out there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it has been a short while since we last recorded. Um, it's been four weeks until we missed uh, our last recording. Um, just for a few reasons, life kind of just kind of got in the way. It kind of took it did, over. Yeah. Um, no, we're Olympic break, Olympic break. It was oh yeah we took we took a break like we took yeah, an international we took break an international winter break that's exactly what we did <laughs> yep. um we pretended that was the exact reason um I mean if you want to call me going to Glasgow an international break I mean let's yeah fine <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's we'll call it that yeah that'll do uh so I went, yeah I went across that non-existent border in the Irish Sea it's been a while uh we have missed a few bits and pieces but we'll focus on what's happened most recently um in the leagues across um both here in the uk and across the the water um and we'll do as we always do and we'll start off with looking at the standings in the elite ice hockey league here in the uk starting in first place sheffield steelers remain in first with 57 points from 44 games played uh closely followed uh hot in their heels at cardiff devils with 56 points from 41 games played Nottingham sit in third with 55 points from 42 games and Belfast Giants sit in fourth with 54 points from 43 games played. Coventry in fifth with 50 points from 42 games. Guildford in sixth with 47 points from 42 games played. Glasgow in seventh with 37 points from 43 games and Manchester in eighth with 37 from 43 Dundee and Fife are in bottom places, ninth and 10th. Dundee with 36 points from 43 games played and Fife trailing the league there with 30 points from 45 games played. Guys, we are in February. I think I read, did I read somewhere there's seven weekends left? Did I read? Something did I, like that, did I yeah. hear this past week? There's at least, I think that's what I read. I think I heard that today. Someone put that statistic out. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But not long to go. Um, the end of March is quickly creeping up. Uh, playoff hockey is quickly creeping up. Um, we have one, two, three, four teams sitting within touching points of each other. Uh, quite close in games played. Uh, let's let's get your thoughts. Um, John, we'll start with you. Let's let's get your thoughts on on the league so far at at this stage. 
Uh, it's been interesting. The last couple of weeks, uh, everyone thought that Sheffield had, uh, I don't want to say unassailable hand, at least I thought they had one hand on the league trophy. Um, they have since proven by losing to the bottom two teams in the league in successive nights that they certainly are not shoe-ins for the league. Now you've got to start looking at those second and third place teams. Nottingham seem to have come good. Um, you only have to look at the result against the Giants on Sunday. Uh, for that, 4-0 shutout for Nottingham. Uh, unbelievable second shutout for the Giants in Nottingham this season. Uh, and I'm led to believe a season low in uh, Giants history for shutouts against the team. I think that's eight this season, which is a, a franchise record. Um, Belfast, while we are only three points behind the leaders, you have to start looking at the games in hand and Cardiff look like they are in a strong position. Uh, if they can put a run in together, they are that team that look like they've got one hand on the league trophy. But let's not forget, they were there last season. Uh, they were sitting on top of the, le uh, the league table. They were sitting with the games in hand and the Belfast Giants still won. Uh, I think it is still a four horse race, but I think you have to start looking at Cardiff and Nottingham for being real strong mm. contenders. Uh, if you were going to put a bet on, you'd be looking at those numbers and looking at those two teams. Yeah, I mean, Car let's, well, you, you say, I mean, Cardiff have a tough enough run in. I mean, they've got Nottingham Panthers twice. They've got the Sheffield Steelers. They've got uh, they've got Sheffield Steelers twice. They've got us twice. Um, is it twice? Yeah, no, once, See, once. See, the, the only, the only problem mean, with those run-ins is that even split weekends don't mean anything to us sitting in fourth now. But with those teams competing, effectively, it closes us out of the competition. Uh, which is a little bit annoying. Uh, really, the best that we can hope for is the likes of Nottingham to start taking points and see the other two drop down into those sort of second, third, fourth positions uh, and let us step up and essentially let it be our own fight against Nottingham, yeah. really. Uh, I think we have a couple of games against Sheffield to come as well. We've got yeah. one this weekend. Um, those are the results that are going to matter now. Yeah. Dave, uh, what's your take on it? I mean, as I say, we were coming in towards this, this right towards the end of this this uh, campaign. Um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty much the same as John. Like, I think that um, with the change in the last few few weekends, uh, Cardiff, uh, it's now looking like theirs to lose. Um, again, though, I would be more of uh, a fan of having the points rather than the games in hand and sort of hoping for the points. But uh, yeah, no, they've been... Um, They've had a really good run this year, and uh, I think that they're probably going to pip it. But Sheffield have been good too, and then we've a bit to talk about there as well. Yeah, um, they, in period one too. So you're right. They've brought in a uh, they've brought in a new name there this week, but uh, we'll come back to that because I see that was on our running order for period one. So we will come back to that story. Um, okay, we will move quickly across the pond and look at the NHL and the standings over in uh, the Eastern. Division first, and um, we'll start with the Metropolitan Division. Uh, Pittsburgh sit top there with uh, 80 points from 58 games played, followed by Washington in second with 79 points from 59 games played, and Philadelphia Flyers uh, sitting in third place there with 73 points from 60 games played. I didn't mean to laugh, but... What year is it? <laughs> what, is, what is going on? Aaron's not even here. What is going on with the world? Uh, looking at the Atlantic Division then, Boston sit top uh, with... Uh, 88 points from 61 games. I keep losing my spot. That's why I keep going, uh, because I, can, I was looking at, I was like, I can't find it. Uh, 88 points from 61 games played. Tampa Bay in second with uh, 85 points from 60 games played. And Florida in third with 70 points from 60 games played. 
wildcard spots currently held by Carolina and the New York Islanders. Uh, looking at the other side of the country in the western side in central division, St. Louis sit top there with 76 points from 60 games played. Dallas in second with 76 points from 60 games played and Colorado in third with 30 or 75 from 59 games played. In the Pacific Division, then Edinburgh, uh, Edmonton Oilers continue. Edinburgh, Edinburgh Capitals. Edinburgh Capitals. <laughs> Edinburgh Oilers. Edmonton, <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers uh, sit in top with 71 points from 60 games played, followed by Vancouver with 70 points from 60 games, and Vegas in third with 70 points from 61 games played. Wild card spots with Calgary and Arizona. Um, do we, any of us particularly want to talk about our teams or particularly want to talk about anything in the NHL right now? Uh, it's quite a, a tough... It's been quite a tough season for for some of us, apart from Aaron this year, which is unusual. Um, but yeah, get I your think thoughts. The biggest, I think the biggest thing for the other three of us. So looking at your Toronto Maple Leafs, you're sitting with seventy points from sixty one games. Um, the wild card spots there are sitting on seventy two points. Um, admittedly, uh, the Canes and the Isles are sitting with a couple of games in hand. Um, you've still got a f- good few weeks of regular season action. I think Toronto still have a chance. Mm. It's a long shot, um, but the same, the exact same can be said about uh, Nashville and Minnesota. Uh, the biggest difference being that the position there on games is flipped in favour of the Preds and the Wild, where you and me, Dave, are both sitting with at least two, if not more, games in hand uh, on the, the teams ahead of us, uh, the Flames, the Coyotes and the Jets. Um, we are still in the hunt for postseason hockey. Um, the Preds have come good. Uh, I get to say that because I finally got to watch the Preds in the bar in McCool's this last weekend. Eventually, when I didn't have to look at the tiny screen behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously there's been changes ongoing, which we're going to talk about with Dave's Wild. Um, so you'll get your chance to put your uh, your five pence in on that, Dave. Uh, yeah, totally. As you were saying as well, like you, you say the the Nashville's come good. Um, obviously the Wild as well. They're sitting on the similar sort of, uh, win last ten games. You know, six wins, um, out of the last ten games and one overtime. So, you know, it's it's good. It's it's nice to see. It's a bit. We'll talk about it later, but it, it's an interesting situation to be in with what's happened in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, for I know for it'll be interesting this week. It'll be definitely an interesting one because obviously trade trade dead, trade deadline days um on its way, yep. and it comes at the end of this week. So it'll be an interesting to see which teams, especially, are going to try and push for for those uh, impact players coming into the the playoff run. I mean, I know Toronto. I think the biggest rumors coming out of there are is obviously that they're they're looking for a um a big defensive um potential pairing um to Matt come Dumba. But yeah, well, the thing is, he's the, the one that's been tightest. The problem, the problem with it is that um, I think that the, the the Toronto is looking for the exact same thing that um, their nearest rival, which is the Panthers, they're looking for the same. Th- they're both looking for the same kind of defenseman, so they're both trying to look for that kind of impact defenseman player. Can we? So be can we to see. not gloss over the fact that you said that your nearest rivals, the Florida Panthers? For I know, but for playoff spot, for a playoff spot, I know what's that? I about? know, but still, I know exactly. I I completely agree with you. Like I didn't think this time last year <laughs> I'd be saying that, but yeah, I know. But that, that's the reflection. Like we look at the teams that are actually sitting in. In the the top three spots in some of these um, divisions, like Philadelphia sitting in third in Metropolitan, Florida sitting third in Atlantic. Um, admittedly, Central looks pretty good for Central, to be honest. And then you've got Vegas, who have completely rebounded 
Edmonton has had a year like where's that year come from yeah unlike any other it's, it's unbelievable but that, the biggest thing that you're getting out of that is that you've got the Edmonton Vancouver you've got the Battle of Alberta which is currently playing itself out at the top of the Pacific Division as yeah. well um, which is amazing and we're going to come on to some of this Battle of Alberta nonsense later on um, okay do we have anything else to comment on dave nothing for me no john nope okay well with that then what we'll do then is we'll get smoothly moved into our period one of hockey okay period one of hockey is a roundup of stories and basically um, anything that's really come to our attention from across this side of the water in the uk in the uh, elite ice hockey league and across i suppose the whole of the uk so nihl whatever may have um took our fancy um let's see what we have uh dave because we've already talked about it, we've already mentioned it um yep. will we we'll, we'll talk about your story first um with the sheffield Steelers signing this year this uh this past week yeah totally totally so um this week here um announced post our trade deadline which i thought was a bit strange but uh jeremy broder obviously a famous name we we know well um his is obviously he is the son of the the infamous uh marty um has signed not, not for me. the not, not, not our me. Marty. Not me. <laughs> the other Marty. The other, the other Marty. That's why I put it there. Uh, <laughs> slightly less famous Marty. He's goalie. Yeah. Um, has signed for the Sheffield Steelers. Um, and the thing that got me, um, I didn't think have they lost a netminder, or is this additional to their existing netminder pair? The Sheffield Steelers revolving door is. Uh, oh, you still can't. We can't. Flow. We can't talk about that <laughs> anymore. Well, the Giants has had the biggest has had the biggest revolving door all, all season. It's been unreal. I can barely keep on track of who plays for the Giants this, this season. <laughs> <laughs> that happened this past weekend. Someone mentioned the yeah. player's name, and I was like, "Who?" I was like, <laughs> I was like "Oh yeah." But the the biggest um, thing is, can you remember who they were talking about? No, no. See, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, brother. Yeah. So he's uh, he's. I'm assuming he's starting this week. Should be interesting. Pretty good numbers, but back and forth um he's had a lot of games you know he's been a lot on uh, loaner a lot of you know traded up and he hasn't played and came back down and it's been a bit up and down the thing that gets me is if you look at his early career he looks to be standout he looks to be brilliant and his brother who is one year older than him played in the same teams um and as a netminder also and played similar games they seem to have done a netminding pairing and have similar um, sort of goals against averages and save percentages. Uh, Jeremy's is slightly lower, but uh, Anthony uh, Broder was drafted seventh or two hundred and eight overall by the New Jersey Devils. I don't think anybody else you know. See, you say the... that his numbers are on par, Dave. But just looking through his elite prospects since the twenty seventeen eighteen season. Uh, where he was in the ECHL, where he played 39 games. His games played, to me, are the massive risk there. He's played no more than 14 games. In he was season. eligible for a draft in, uh, in 2013, the same yeah. team time as his brother. So that's where I was looking up to. I didn't look after that. Um, um, you and... look at him in the ECHL. Well, sorry, ECHL. Um, so regular season, 14 games, postseason, seven games. Um 2018-19, having moved up to the AHL, uh, played no games for the Binghamton Devils. So obviously he was brought up and didn't ice. Um, 2019-20 seems to have played 18 games over two leagues uh, with two teams. Um, 
sort of coming through into, or sorry, 1920 coming into this season, and obviously then he's moved up to here. Is he a proven talent to move no, into I... a team like Sheffield, who admittedly have been on a bit of a slide, and they're clearly thinking netminding is their problem? It's, I'd be it's worried a about those numbers. It's a pure gamble. I think that he does have the potential proven um, earlier in his career. Um, and even not that long ago, you know, 2017, 2018, uh, in the ECHL, 39 games. Yes, his goals against average is a bit pants, but then his save percentage is pretty good. Um, so it just meant he was receiving, he, he was getting a lot of shots. Um, there, sorry, yeah, getting a lot of shots, but obviously letting the goals in. Um, but that meant that his save percentage was still still good, which is mm. proven that was maybe a defensive issue rather than a net minding issue. Can and we then uh, I think... also point out the massive mistake in the Sheffield Steelers um, press release? No. Did anyone else catch this? Let me see it. Hang on. Just having a quick look. So uh, the sentence goes that Jeremy played his junior hockey with the Oshawa Generals in the OHL before turning professional in 2017 with the Toledo Storm of the ECHL. Anyone get the mistake there? <laughs> pretty sure the team in Toledo were called the Walleye mostly because we have a very well known guy in our team who also played for the Toledo Walleye not the Toledo I love, Storm I also love the fact that they mentioned that and he didn't play a game mm. I'm sure that's something he loves to have in that there announcement <laughs> he went pro with the Toledo Walleye and then didn't play yep <laughs> so but, weird anyway no Sheffield Steelers being peak Sheffield Steelers I think I think that um, you know they're obviously going to um, lay it on thick with his heritage, um, and we'll try and make something out of that. Um, well, we've seen that go wrong for teams before, haven't we? With uh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh, the other other Stahl brother. <laughs> He's in uh, Orlando now. He's a coach in Orlando. Fair play. Um, feeling upwards as always, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to feel downwards from a, a team, team like folds. Edinburgh, isn't it? Um, I think he would have done amazingly uh, in any other team in this league, to tell you the truth. But hey, so so would most of the players who were on that team, including yeah. the sort of twelve-year-old Brits that they had. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all. I thought that was worth bringing bringing that to our attention and sort of showing the comparison of what can get you drafted and what can't get you drafted. Um. Okay. Uh, our next story will move on uh, up the country to Scotland, um, and we'll talk about this past week's. Five Flyers Directors Q&A, uh, which happened on Tuesday this week. Um, with Was it this week? Tuesday last week. week. Last week. 11th. Yep, 11th, so last week. A um, couple of good, couple of interesting bits came out of it, John. Uh, you want to take us through? Yeah, so um, the directors of the Flyers decided to um, hold a bit of a, an open forum, uh, mostly down to um, the fact that a lot of fans were voicing concerns about the way that the team was going now looking back this is um with in mind the fact that the, the flyers recently there matched a um an 80 something year old franchise record for losses in a row with 14 running losses um that's a skid and a half that's a skid that you just throw the underwear out for um you don't bother putting them in the washing machine but um so the, the directors got up in front of um, the crowd at the Bay Hotel in Krakoti and had uh, a fair number of questions thrown at them. There were some prepared questions and uh, some ones that were given by the crowd on the night. Um, a lot of this was based around um, the sort of PR, the publicity, but also the major question had been, 
are the Flyers competing in the Elite League next season? There's been a lot of online rumour that um, there was a team in the league were struggling, a team were uh, looking to step down or at least looking to stop competing at top level in this country. The answer from uh, one of the uh, directors, Jack Wishart, was yes, the Five Flyers will be competing in the Elite League next season. Obviously, that gives us one year where we know they're going to be there. I get the feeling that was a very pointed answer that next season they are. I think we could see some changes coming, but obviously that's just me inferring what I can from what was told uh, on the day. Um, some other stuff included a lack of crowds coming in, the fact that ticket prices have gone up um, and that's chased a lot of people away. Um, the directors revealed that in the last few uh, years they've actually never hit over 2,000 in the old barn uh, and they made a point of talking about the fact that that lack of uh, revenue from ticket sales impacts on how the club can be run. Um, and then some other fans have also made the points of things like the PR, uh, the <laughs> the abysmal state of the flyer social media uh, which for free platforms is so easy to run in fact i'm pretty sure at this point we run a better social media campaign uh, for door 14 between four of us uh, as a hobby than the, the flyers actually do as an organization um, at which they've said that they're open to people coming on board uh, and the right people coming on board to help them out um, it'll be nice to see if somebody does kind of step up and help them out with that but the big message is that next year we do still have the five flyers in top level hockey. Yeah, it was interesting. Some of the other part bits and pieces that came, were coming out of it were, were quite interesting uh, that I noted off. I thought it was very interesting that you could see, you can see such a, a clear difference between you know you've got the Belfast Giants who this week have been announced to be um, up for um, a marketing and PR award here in Northern Ireland for for their campaigns and what the stuff that they do. You have. Okay, questionable some other teams and how they how they run their social media, but they still are present on the social media and they put out a lot of content. For the for the for that comment I got was like we know nothing about PR, therefore if someone could come and give us a bit of hand with that, it's kind of a bit worrying, you know. Like this is a, a top flight team in a top flight league, you know. What I mean, it's kind of like okay, it's a uh, it's interesting. Um, I like the one of the other bits that I, I took into I took in note of as well was um, they uh fans were asking about things like um maybe trying to raise extra money for the club, kind of one of those bucket collections. We've seen those before happening around oh, the league. God. We've seen that with Newcastle. We've seen that with uh, Manchester Storm the first time around, whenever they crashed out and became... No, Phoenix, sorry. Manchester Phoenix, and then they became Buy a Storm. Buy a brick. You've seen all that happen. Um, they wanted to know why... The, the other thing then it got that I took note of, which was very interesting, was obviously they had the question around, um, you know, the, there's only two directors that are running the whole club. Um, we did not think about expanding and having like maybe like a directorate or like a, an AGM or having more people kind of filter in, including maybe new investment um, where maybe fans could buy into the club and they could have investors in the club. And the response to that I found very interesting was the fact that like uh, the two directors were saying, you know, we've run the club for 24 years. We're kind of stuck in our ways. And while we're not saying that we're not open for it, I think the under under underneath it was kind of like a, we'd be very worried to even start considering changing up something that we've been doing for 24 years. So it was quite an interesting one there too. And the last thing that I find which was interesting was the um the fact that they mentioned the fact that the Elite League, the Elite League fixtures meeting is going to be happening a month earlier this coming uh, this coming season, which is interesting. I wonder I wonder I wonder what's, what what the reason is behind that for the earlier fixtures. Do you think that was brought forward because the the, the potential that the Team GB were going to be playing towards more Olympic qualifiers or what do you think the what do no, you think it I was? No, it's more to do with the <laughs> If it's going to be anything to do with international, it will be for um, the world championships. Hmm. Um, but I imagine 
it's got more to do with uh, any possible possible. possible? I Sean Connery there for a second. Yeah, he did. Um, any possible um, link to the broadcasting uh, with free sports? Oh, okay. um, I imagine that they will want more notice than what they've had this season. We've already seen, in fact, last night we had a broadcast that was supposed to come from Guildford. Uh, we were supposed to see the Belfast Giants against the Guildford Flames, which would have been great uh, out of a building that doesn't have a webcast. But instead, we got the Cardiff Devils against the Fife Flyers simply because Guildford made the point that it was unsuitable for them to have all of the equipment set up and scaffolding set up for cameras. And they insisted that they would have to ask a large proportion of their season ticket fans to I stand at ice level. I did see that. Now, what's interesting about that is the Guildford Flames chose to raise that point in a tweet response to a random fan uh, asking on Twitter. Um, and I believe it was a Belfast Giants fan who asked it on Twitter. And the team responded uh, through a DM to that person. Uh, now, if you've got an issue with it, then sure, make it public. But to me, it smacks of double standards again. We have 10 teams in this league who all will have had a say on whether or not to go ahead with this broadcasting agreement with Free Sports. Surely it is in the league's interest to ensure that those 10 teams are told you need to make space for Free Sports. Yeah. Like, they've got a broadcast agreement. Yep. It's a sponsorship agreement. I'm Agreed. sure the league is receiving money for it. So, therefore, it's on the teams to make sure that they are fit and able to receive that crew and that team. Paul Aidey, Aaron Murphy, I've just got that the wrong way around. I just mixed those two up. You did? <laughs> wow. I had a complete brain fart there. <laughs> that would be an interesting two people to put together. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I'm not even sure what the right way around is now. Paul Aidey <laughs> and Aaron Murphy. Yes. Um, coming to do you know what I've lost the train of thought there I've, uh, I was annoyed to start with and now I'm just amused at what I did there brain fart sorry <laughs> Dave take it from me so yeah no it was a really interesting read I had a good wee read over it today at, uh, at lunchtime but the, the big thing that jumped out at me is that it looks like the there's been a proposal to reduce the import levels for next year um, and it has came out in a five Q and A, and I'm assuming they weren't meant to say anything. I think we knew about that already. Dave. Well, we knew, oh, did we? We we knew they they mentioned something at the start of the season where follow next season they were going to be looking at the uh, uh, potentially the reducing the import level. But yeah, so it looks by the looks of that, it looks like it's happening. So I, I think that had already. I think the drop in imports had already come out at the same time that they talked about the maximum number of signings. So I'm pretty oh, sure okay, that okay, all okay, came okay. out at the same time brother. from the league. Yeah. So it's not additional to what we already knew at the start of the season. If, if only we knew somebody who uh, did a current affairs hockey podcast that could possibly know all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Um, last story uh, for this period anyway. Um, and it's just one that we kind of wanted to just touch upon. Um, because I, I, don't want, I don't want to touch him. Oh, neither do I. But um, it's... Uh, for anybody outside of Northern Ireland, I should say, um, we should kind of put some context to this. You may not know who this person is or what this 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 story is about. Uh, in Northern Ireland, the second biggest breakfast show in Northern Ireland is uh, hosted by a a gentleman called Stephen Nolan. Gen um, a gentleman. A gentleman called Stephen Nolan. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm being professional and polite here, okay? Um, this past week, or last past Morning weekend, the Belfast Giants hosted. Um, well, their Valentine's weekend. Um, 
was this past weekend and as part of that well not just part of that it's not really anything to do with that but uh this this week this game this past weekend's game was uh sponsored by the psni which is the police service of northern ireland for anybody outside of northern ireland um anybody who knows anything to do with the history of northern ireland and everything else there's it's, it was controversial to start with that you know that there'd be you know there's supports and everything else that's going on there and people were having a bit of complaint about you know the fact that they were supporting it and then what originally had started off with the story around the fact that the PSNI are running a campaign at the moment called One Punch One Punch Kill Can Kill is the campaign they're currently running um, to highlight the the dangers of fighting, especially uh, at night time or you know after when you've a bit of reveling that's happening and there's punch ups and um, a couple of high profile cases in Northern Ireland have happened where um, that where people have you know unfortunately lost their lives through that and so the campaign is running uh, for then the Stephen Nolan picked up on a story then because the PSNI were sponsoring this match night and then a fight just happened to happen on the night. Fight in inverted commas. Fight. Let's calm down exactly. Uh, it turned into a story of should the PSNI be sponsoring the game or should they have been sponsoring the game in the first place seeing as there was a fight on the ice? No, which the, bigger, then, the bigger question that was coming out was then, should no, they have gone and arrested them? Yes, then it turned into this real silly thing of should they have been arrested for fighting on the ice? Then it turned into this thing of should there be fighting in hockey? It, it, kind, of, it kind of became sensationalized, became part of an entertainment piece. It was blown out of proportion. But I think what was really interesting was the... Uh, the responses from it's 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 sensationalized media anyway um to start with um and all it really does is it it starts to kind of curdle your blood i suppose when you listen to him because you kind of just think to yourself you know you know he doesn't really he, he first off he probably doesn't believe what he's saying he's just playing devil's advocate he's probably just trying to stir things up uh but guys your thoughts on this i mean it was a was it a, it's a non-peace story but what's your thoughts it's a total non-story that doesn't deserve the attention that it's brought and do you know what out of everything, I honestly, I hope the biggest thing that comes out of it is that the Giants get a bigger gate at their next game because more people follow Stephen Nolan on Twitter than follow the Belfast Giants. So I hope that everyone's gone, oh yeah, remember the Belfast Giants? Come on, we'll go this weekend. There might be a fight. <laughs> Dave, what's your take? Yeah, I, I was, uh, he, the whole thing really annoyed me. Um, in general, Nolan has a habit of annoying me. Um, I don't, uh, not, overly fond of that style of uh, journalism. Um, I rather sort of a bit more relaxed and a bit more... Professional? Uh, yeah, well, not even yeah, professional, but, you know, like two-sided, you know, where this is... Um, all it is is a basically a guy with a wood spoon trying to rile up uh, a certain part of the community that um, to get uh, follower, and, you know, and listeners. You're 100% right as well, Dave, because the biggest thing he did, he then he did it on his radio show to start with this week and then brought it across to his TV show, Nolan Live, and had possibly the the best professional uh, person to have on, Dr. Victoria Silverwood, and yeah. proceeded to basically just shout over the top of her the entire yeah. time that she was there and not listen to any point she was making. She has a, it's a her PhD is in... Um, sort of violence and sport isn't it as well it's what's well, covers I everything she's a criminologist and then she's done something like 12 or 15 years worth of research in violence yeah. in hockey specifically she does she's a big she's a big contributor to the guardian uh ice guardians ice guardians um she's done a lot of stuff on it so she did yep. um she's she's fantastic and, and uh, i would uh, recommend anybody to have a watch at ice guardians if they have questions uh, about fighting in ice hockey and then the other one being is 
I seen a piece, um, just a random fluff piece that came out of nowhere. If I find the link, link, I'll send it across. And it was literally just, if you have any questions about uh, uh, fighting in ice hockey, what is it put? Um, it all comes back to the unwritten rules in the code. Um, and it goes through the sort of the things you're not meant to do as an ice hockey player that don't have rules in the game. So things like um, not shooting after the whistle and mm. stuff like that. Um, and they're all bits that the the fighting is meant to assist with. Uh, my own opinions on on fighting is fairly, you know, everyone sort of knows that I'm sort of on the fence. I'm not a big advocate of uh, stage fights if they happen uh, off the course of a of an issue or a, um, sort of bad hits or, or things like that that haven't been picked up by the the uh, the referees. Then I, and I'm happy for them to happen. Um, I can't do the pantomime fights that you see in some leagues and we've seen in the Giants in the past. They really sort of riled me up a bit, but um, yeah. So that's, that's my opinion on it. Fair One hundred percent agree. I mean, that's, that's, I suppose that's a topic of conversation. You know, we could we could talk about for ages about our our opinions on fighting and hockey. And I, I think you know, Dave and John, you know as well. I mean, you know my take on it. I mean, I'm I'm the same as you, Dave. I I don't like that pantomime idea. Like whenever like the Giants brought in players in the past specifically to you know start fights right at the start of a game you know where they like nod at each other and in, in uh training like oh we're gonna go for a fight straight off you know and you're kind of like wow what's the point in that if it's a natural progression if it's a natural thing that has to ha- that happens on the ice due to heat the heat, uh, heat of the game that's happening and and it happens it happens and i i'm all for it but um if it just seems to me like there was no reason for that fight to happen then i clearly i always make i make myself vocal enough to say that there's no point in that fight why did it even happen yeah. and i do make it say i mean um i think dave you, you'll remember um my 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 thoughts on the whole rushton incident back um <laughs> back a couple of years back it was it was a joke um and you know my thoughts on that um so we'll just leave it at that but um yeah fighting in hockey wow big story um yeah we could dedicate right. a whole podcast to it like it if was, we needed to was, you know it was just sensationalized media driven the only thing that good that came out of it was which i really enjoyed was um and i as i said i because i texted you guys and said they're talking about they're talking about the Giants. They're talking about um, hockey on, on Stephen Nolan this morning. Dave's first response was, why would you listen to that? <laughs> I was like, true. But um, I had no option because the the office that I work in when I'm in the, at the hospital, the, the, the admin assistants that work in that office love listening to it in the mornings every single time. And I'm like, oh no. Um, so yeah, so that's why I was listening to it. But as soon as it came on and I text you guys and I was like, it's happening. This is what's going on. But the uh, l- listening to some of the 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 callers that were calling in and how they didn't really know anything really about hockey which was an interesting first thing but the guy from was it Lorna Carrick or somewhere there's a guy from Carrick who absolutely owned him (laughs) no oh no then there was a guy that just came on was all like um something about like a fur egg's a fur egg yeah (laughs) something like that (laughs) a fur egg's a fur egg and then there was the other guy who said um that Stephen was happy to be nice and quiet whenever he was the compier at the Giants in its first couple of years yeah so again fair play to that one that was good crack I I don't know whether to uh, be offended though with the whole thing guys because Apparently he went to the Giants for a comment. Then he went to um, the guys from A View from the Bridge for a comment. They all declined him. Where the hell was our invite? I know. The worst thing is I have, I have, um, I don't know why can I say that? I actually don't know why I can't say this. You're going to have to say it now. <laughs> I have a friend who may or may not work for, for, for the BBC as a, 
as a researcher for sense were you contacted no um but i did message him well clearly they didn't do their research <laughs> I, properly. Did, I did message him and i said the exact same thing you just said <laughs> um so yeah um uh, okay moving on um i don't think we have any other stories in this period nope nope dave no nothing from me great no problem well with that then we will move swiftly on to our period to hello and uh, welcome to period two of hockey we'll i will try my best to control this from not in the room um we've got quite a few topics to to run through and i'm not 100 percent sure where to start um i'll start really quickly with mine get it out of the way and then we'll move on to more um serious ones probably um by the looks of things and then uh, we'll see how we get on so um in i think it was i don't think it was last it was last week i think um the news came out of minnesota that they fired bruce bridgerow um to some shock from the fans um and to a bit of a sort of mixed response across the league um most people were expecting him to last out the season and then um, probably then make a move after that and then look to start a new season afresh um, but we are where we are and the uh, the Wilds upper management um, after all the changes this year have decided to um, part ways with uh, with Bruce um, in, and as a, as a Wild fan it comes with sort of mixed feelings um, yes okay he hasn't had the greatest tenure um, however he has had a difficult run change in uh, GM and stuff um, over the last few years um, which has shaken uh, the club quite heavily with uh, questions around how the previous GM recruited um, and uh, how much say he had in that um, but hopefully the, hopefully he moves on the, the, I doubt he'll be out of a job for long um, the NHL is always looking for, for uh, experienced coaches so we'll probably see him back in, a, in the NHL soon um, and then the hunt goes on now for a permanent uh, general manager or coach for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Um, a lot of names floating about there um, that have been have left other NHL teams in the last number of months. Um, and uh, there's a couple I don't want, um, and I'm not sure exactly who I would want at this stage. Um, I don't know if they'll run with an interim until the end of the season, but see how it goes um i see from the story they were using the uh, assistant coach has it been announced that the assistant coach D- uh, dean Everson would be taken over as the interim coach for the remainder yeah or it has yeah, been announced it, has yeah, it? yeah that's that's been confirmed hasn't it dave yeah i'm nearly certain uh however there is talk that a head coach will be signed between now and the end of the season oh, so right. we'll sh- we should know who it will be but they won't be taken over but i think, I think he's Everson's making a, a big move that it should be him i think yeah. he's pushing for it to be him yeah, yeah. interesting It'll be it's a uh, another shake. Hopefully, they'll they're hoping that a, a bit of uh, energy in the dressing room will get them through to maybe get into the playoffs, um, breaking that um, slide. But see, at this stage, um, you're I'm thinking, look long term. Um, we've got a lot of names that are maybe slightly over their their budgets, um, and you might be looking years. To, to look at a rebuild um, I know a lot of people hate the term rebuild but the Wild have been mid-table for years um, solid mid-table team making the playoffs and going out early in the in the playoffs but you know they've been sitting in that mid-rounds and it's just it's obviously not working it's not progressing to the anywhere near the cup 
um, and hopefully we'll we'll start to see a change now. Fun times. Um, <clears throat> so, who would like to go next? Who's uh, who's? You're the boss of P two. Dealer's choice. We've got uh, not the most of. We'll go to Marty's. This is a bit more cheery than. Um, John. Interesting way of putting it. <laughs> um, yeah, my story. Um, obviously, uh, this is this was a big one that um, I think a lot of people caught a lot of people, and um, this was obviously the story. This uh, was last week of NHL player Jay Boomeister, um, who had a cardiac arrest or cardiac episode. Sorry, I should say, um, on the bench towards the dying end. What was the dying end of the game the anyway? Second period. second period of the game. Um, the game was called off after that point, I believe. Yep. Um, so I mean, he collapsed during uh, a cardiac episode in the middle of the game at, uh, against uh, at Anaheim Mighty Ducks uh, earlier in the month. Um, he has the basically he has put out a state he put out a statement last week or actually should say this week uh two days ago put out a statement two days ago uh just saying um or well st louis blues put out a statement two days ago saying uh, jay has returned to st louis and has issued a statement of the entire hockey community jay has said our family has felt the support of the entire national hockey league family and the city of st louis during this time we have all been greatly comforted by your genuine concern um sunday evening i returned to st louis and i am on the road to recovery my wife and daughters are forever grateful for everyone's support and we will continue to have a positive outlook for our future um there's no indication if and when he'd be returning to play hockey uh not saying that you know he he 100 definitely will but you know as we all know hockey players are made of tough stuff so i think i wouldn't be surprised this, if the indication is that he won't be oh, uh, really? from the information i know he's been fitted with a pacemaker right um so he now has a um a permanent pacemaker um so i get the indication that this will be the end of his career uh on the ice uh, as a player yeah unfortunately um i mean it must have been quite shocking i mean he was uh he collapsed with seven minutes and 50 seconds left in this in the first period first period sorry um and he was he came off the ice to get a drink after doing a, a short shift and that's when his teammates contacted the uh the trainers and the medical staff from the team from from the from the local team there from um from the ducks team um obviously he was in great difficulty and they spotted it straight away they did mention obviously but as they were you know they they attended to him quite quickly and they got him off the ice quite quick and prompt and got him to the medical facility as quickly as can i think that they had mentioned you know about the quick actions of the medical team there and everyone involved um helped obviously keep keep him alive from from all the footage and everything they were clearly doing uh chest compressions to him behind yeah. the bench um the the biggest thing is the reaction of the team if you get the chance to watch some of the video um seems a little bit morbid to say go and watch the video but the the biggest thing is that the the team are who are the players who are straight around him at that moment know straight away that something's wrong get the doctors over the doctors go to work straight away the doctors and trainers go to work straight away and effectively save this guy's life um get him to hospital and get him away um i think the response from those guys can be absolutely commended um and fair play to him um if this is the end of his career he goes out on an absolute high having uh finished last season with a stanley cup a first stanley cup for the blues uh in their uh, franchise history so not a, a bad run in at all for a career um, the I think I thought the lovely touch from the fans with the the flag was a an, a nice piece so that he had something um, to know that they were all thinking about him and um, yep. they signed, oh, the fans came in and signed a, a flag to be given to him which um, you know 
will probably go down in pride of place in his house. You know, Absolutely. you can't. There's not not many people can get that sort of a book of condolence. If you know what I mean, if whenever you're ill or and things like that. So, um, lovely, lovely tribute. Um, and it's good to see him on his as road to recovery. Yeah. Um, so we'll go to John. I'm assuming you're going to go for your. Colorado one to start with. Yeah, just very quickly, just to mention um, the what was this about a week ago, week and a half ago now? Um, the latest in the long run of outdoor games was played out in Colorado with the uh, Stadium Series. Um, for the second time this season, an outdoor game has been absolutely slated for the manner in which it was conducted. There have been reports. Um, that um, in Colorado Springs, the Air Force Academy Falcon Stadium was overcrowded, that uh, queues and lines were dangerously packed, um, that concessions were terrible. But unfortunately, uh, after the event, it's since come out that uh, a man has unfortunately died and lost his life at the event. Um, he, from all reports, um, he... Uh, allegedly has fallen to his death from a bridge um, just down from one of the main gates into the stadium. Um, there's been no indication whether this is linked to anything like overcrowding or um, sort of pushed and shoving as people were leaving the stadium. Um, but, I mean, it can't be overlooked that this is the second time that a stadium series game, this in one season, has been slated as being very, very poorly run by the league. Um, no. We all love the, the outdoor events. We know that um, they are big cash generators for the league. Uh, they get to have some of the biggest crowds that they get to any individual games by using football stadiums, essentially, or baseball stadiums as rinks. <sighs> it's not worth it when something like this happens. No. Uh, it's not worth the revenue if somebody loses their life. I mean, directly after the event happened, I mean, like, I mean, within within hours of the event, even as the event was happening, um, and even in the hours that were happening, that were straight after, you know, this this stadium series event that was going took place, I mean, you could see the difficulties and the poor management and structure that was happening with the whole thing. You said obviously we can't speculate as to you know what happened was it overcrowding whatever it was, but from the sounds of things, the, that that could be exactly what may have happened i mean there was people talking about uh even after the game had finished they were still inside the stadium two hours after the game had finished trying to get out of the stadium in queues they were trying to get out of car park um you know trying to get out of the car parks there's people even trying to get in started the game there's people trying to get into the game there's people who arrived at the game because of traffic and didn't get into the game until the third period had started yep. there was no infrastructure put in place for public transport uh so you were relying on uber fares and uber taxis and all those other light taxis whatever they use over in, over in the states uh to try and get to and from the arena to the nearest town and i mean it was just it just sounds like it was a real cluster and yeah unfortunately um you know a man has died and, and that's obviously um a huge you know a massive black mark on on what should have been a a big game for the nhl yep absolutely dave do you terrifying want me to just carry on yeah just carry on terrifying thing to see or to hear it's uh it'll hopefully make them think going forward but yeah if you want to go on to your next yep definitely um bit more positive news um if you're a fan of uh, nhl players representing at the olympics there is apparently some good news coming out um this is the fact that the um IHF, the international olympic committee and the nhl seem to be getting on board with each other um 
The issues around NHL participation um, are fairly well known at this point. It all tends to be around revenue and uh, things like insurance for players. Uh, up to this point, the IOC and the IIHF have been reticent to pay for any of the player insurances, uh, leaving that up to either the players themselves or to teams uh, who those players represent or the NHL Players Association. Um, the latest news seems to be that the Players Association are quite uh, positive about it. Uh, there have been reports previously that this was being linked into the next sort of refresh, if you like, of the collective bargaining agreement. However, that's not due until the year after the 2022 Olympics. Um, but with the NHL and with Gary Bettman seeming to soften his approach a little bit and be willing to sit down at the table with the IIHF and the IOC, who I have to say, for as little uh, sort of positive I have to say about Gary Bettman... Um, I have to be fair that reading through some other stuff, the IIHF and the IOC haven't really coloured themselves in glory as this uh, argument has gone on. But now the IIHF seem to be suggesting that they are willing to cover at least some of the cost uh, associated and potentially the IOC are looking like they're going to soften their approach on revenue, which means that the NHL in the run-up to the Olympics will be able to use the Olympic logo, um, will be able to make money off of uh, sort of those ads and that sort of revenue stream for advertising and I'm sure merchandise and all the rest of it so that's that's where we're going the biggest part about this is to bear in mind that this does require an NHL break which is not the norm um, now players in the NHL only get one break at the moment and it's for the all-star weekend uh, unless you don't make playoffs then you effectively get your entire spring and summer off um, but this would mean uh, a big sort of swing or a return to the international break in the NHL. Uh, it's something that they've not really been willing to do. But for me, this is a, a positive. I want to see people uh, like Austin Matthews, like um, Alex Ovechkin getting back to the Olympics and representing their countries the way that they want to. Guys, any thoughts? I mean, it's it's it, it made a, a big difference, I think, in this past, this past Olympic Games. Um... I'm not saying it give a fair ch a more fair chance to for other countries to have a be in with a chance of actually you know progressing and winning and whatever else. And that's not what I'm trying to say because it sounds like I'm trying to say that you know. Well, I mean, those countries like Germany have a bigger chance. Yeah, they there's a bit more, and I just felt that there was a bit more competition, a bit more excitement about this past Olympics because the what the NHL players weren't there. Now there is a bit of a spectacle to be had for having the NHL players at the Olympics. Um. You know, I you know I, I I won't lie that you know the 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 likelihood of me watching that final whenever there's you know NHL player caliber players at the final is probably going to be higher than if there's not. But I still enjoyed the previous this previous Olympics. Um, and I think that that by bringing the NHL players back in again, you maybe jeopardize that just that excitement and that kind of opportunity for for other countries who maybe don't have the same quality players that they can pull from. Um. You know, when you've got the world class players such as, you know, um, Conor McDavid playing or you've got like Austin Matthews or you've got like, you know, you, you name it in, in those lineups. I mean, that's my take on it. Dave, what about you? Um, yeah, no, I, I'm sort of in between. Well, not in between. I want to see the NHL players there. But if the NHL players there, I think that the IOC should make the decision to return it to an amateur uh, tournament or as it used to be. It would non uh, you wouldn't, you aren't allowed to compete in the Olympics if you were a professional player. Um, I think that's the 
the way it should still be if they're if they're not going to have if you're not going to have the best of the best why would you have some professional players there I think you I mean, should that, really bite. You're 100 percent right. The the Olympics was always you said the best of the best, but it was always the best of the rest. Well, it was always the it used to be the um, anybody who wasn't a professional. Yep. So it was, um, and that's why you had the the Soviet Union winning so many because they're. But the, um, the the difficulty with that is that it's not just hockey that that's happening every yeah. every other Olympic sport now, um, where there is a a professional organization, a professional league, or whatever those are the ones who are selected it's um going to be very difficult for the olympics to say on a revenue side let's not have these people here because that's what i mean that's like, the massive selling point is you get to see these big names yeah and i think that that's something we've came back to a couple of times in the stories over the last few years is that it's all now becoming such a revenue driven thing rather than a you know showcase of talent um and skill i think that's um, that's specifically been the nhl's problem with it as well is that it's been a revenue stream but it's been a one-way revenue stream the players yeah. and the nhl don't see anything for releasing their players yeah, so i no, think that's that's where it's going to come yeah and uh, as i said i would rather i would rather have it um one or the other you have the best of the best or you have you go amateur i think that's the only way to you shouldn't have this middle ground where you have professionals just because they're not in the nhl um managing to to make it across but yep. okay cool so we have the penalty box segment now to run has not right we don't have any other stories to run through nope just penalty box just a penalty box um has anybody watched these because uh, i haven't yep i'll take you through <laughs> i'll take you through them so our penalty box segment we didn't do it in period one because it was no no uh penalties really to talk about no real big hits um, yeah dops, stop review and stop EIHL dops, dops, yeah. banned, banned for two podcasts for being completely inconsistent there was no point talking about a, a, a an incident that happened quite a few weeks back but you know we'll, we'll leave it at that anyway our penalty box segment is just um stories big hits suspensions that have happened that uh, have took uh, our attention and we want to have a quick discussion about a big chat about um this one might seem a bit like why have we put this one up but evander kane uh, from San Jose Sharks, uh, has been suspended for three games for elb- elbowing Winnipeg Jets defenseman Neil Pinnock. Um, this happened last week. Um, and I suppose people are saying, well, you know, why why wouldn't he be suspended? But I think what the bigger story that's came out of this is that uh, Evander Kane has put out a, a statement uh, following the suspension um, that was quite a, um, quite a pointed um that's a direct direct statement. statement he didn't put any punches uh i read a statement um so you, you can kind of get context of it uh, his statement st- stated the fact of the nhl department of player safety headed by george paros continue to pick and choose who and what they suspend is ridiculous there have been countless incidents of the same nature through this season and past seasons that have gone unsuspended or fined. No one person can tell you what is or isn't a suspension in today's game it's become a complete guessing game there's a major lack of consistency with the NHL Department of Player Safety, a completely flawed system in so many ways. From suspensions to appeal rights, it's baffling to me how we, as players, have agreed to this. You can continue to give some players a pass and throw the book at others. There has to be an outside third party making these decisions to remove any form of bias that transpires in the department headed by George Paros. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, a lot of players have come in to support his, his stance on this. And I mean, this sounds like something we're yelling about here in the UK as well for our Department of Player Safety. Yep. Guys, it's a bigger story, I suppose, when you look at it from a, from a point of view of, you know, there's been a lot of talk about unhappiness from players and about, you know, um, they suspended the, um, the the discussions around the, from the, um, the, the 
Players Association suspended the, the discussions recently about you know the strike action that was going to take place and potentially a lockout. I mean, are we get are we gearing back up towards more more uh, concern within the league at, at a wider point? Do you think? I think the biggest thing, like the the collective bargaining agreement with the NHLPA, is more inclined now to look at revenue, uh, so the share of things like television money and the rest of it, rather than player safety. And I think that's the point that Kane's making. But he made the comments, I think, pointedly, not just around his ban, but this happened about the same time as Alex Ovechkin basically getting a slap on the wrist and a fine for cross-checking to an opponent's neck. Well, it was Dino Chara. Or Chara, sorry. Yeah. Chara. Um, no. he didn't sorry, get, Ovi. Don't he didn't get me. any suspension. He didn't even get a... Uh, he, well, he got a get... fine. He got a two... Was it 200 or $2,000 fine? Either way, it's chump change. Um, there was... Uh, there was uh, following that, he mentioned... You're right, he did mention it. Pointly pointed that out, completely pointed out, and said, "How is this not one?" And yet, Mang was. Um, now there is obviously history of it because this past year, I mean, two um, last month, um, in I think it was I want to say the Dallas Stars game. Um, let me just get the information up here. Yeah, um, their player Perry was suspended for five games for elbowing, in a quite a similar, um, similar vein. a similar vein. Now he got five games, and obviously, um, um. Evander Kane got three games, but you're right. There is a pick and choose, and he pointed out he did make sure that, and a lot of it happened after the post. I mean, he put up his post, but he put a lot of different instances of like, what about this one, or what about this one? Why is this one different? And why was this one suspended? So you know, is it is it a is it a case of a player who feels like he's been personally targeted and he's just thrown his dummy out of the pram, or you know? Well, I I wonder then. Uh, remember when the elite league said that they contacted another league about the the hit on David Goodwin? Oh, I wonder. Was it the NHL? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second story, uh, which way bigger is way bigger, which is of note, um, which we need to discuss uh, again. This happened two weeks ago, but we would talk about it probably in our last recording. Would I think we might have? No, we wouldn't have. We'd missed it. No, I think you. Was, I think we were all just chatting about it on our group chat. This was last uh, past weekend. It was actually this past weekend. I think was it? No, last past. Anyway, last week. Um, this is Edmonton Oilers forward Zach Kazian who was suspended for seven games for kicking Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Eric Cernak. I mean, you've watched the video. You guys have both seen the video. I've seen the yeah, video. Seen now, the, the important part of all this is if Zach Cassian's name sounds familiar, it should because Casey was the guy who's involved in this whole Battle of Alberta uh, nonsense that's going on between uh, the Oilers and um, the Canucks. Um, this obviously was a, a game against the, the Lightning this time for the Oilers. Um, and yeah, this is completely indefensible, what he's done. This caused more discussion around the NHL DOPS again, because if you looked online, looked at the commentators talking about what was coming, what they expected to come as far as a ban was concerned. I mean, this is a... He's lying on the ice, uh, having taken a check. One of his own players is under him, so he's pinned by one leg. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning's player, uh, Cernak, is standing over him. And he, he chooses to draw his leg back and kick out with the skate into, luckily, his chest, where all the padding is. Now, any higher, that's a kick to the neck. And it's very it sounds silly to say it's a potential kick to the neck. But when you look at the angles and where he's lying, there is a real high potential of skate to skin happening here. Um, seven games? That's not right to me. You think it's too low? Well, I think he's a repeat offender. He was already banned three games for the issue with uh, Tuchuk. And uh, was it Tuchuk? I think it was. Um, as a repeat offender... I think seven games is light. I think there should have been at least ten. 
Dave? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think it should have been a lot, lot more. Um, it looks for a lot of willful intent. You know, you can see it. He, like, takes his time, um, you know, and looks. He, he, see, he looks the player in the eye before he does it. And I'm going, you know, it's not a reaction. It's not a, like, a, um, a, like a, like a, you know, instinct thing. It's like he's went, well, what am I going to do here now? And then decides to kick him. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's it, it shows a bit of uh, sort of willful intent. And you know, it's a, a shocking thing to see in, in hockey, um, and especially to, today where the, these guys are held up with such um, as role models for, for, for people um, all around the world. And it's, uh, it's a shame to see. I would have expected there to be more, but yeah. hey-ho. And the Oilers tried to argue it in that they had said that um, the kick wasn't forceful and that uh, all it was was Casey and trying to uh, disentangle himself. Um, but the elite, the NHL just clearly stated that it didn't matter, that they had agreed that, yes, it looked like he was, he was trying to um, disentangle himself, that they completely agreed with that. But what they didn't agree with was that um, it, no matter, in no circumstances should it have been that he kicked out at any point. He should never have kicked out. And that's what the, that's what the discussion is being had. It's not about why or how, um, you know what, what led to it. It's the fact that it should never have happened. So, fair kicking, play. Kicking out in any sport is never taken. And no. the only thing that I can liken it to is rugby. And years ago, you guys are going to be like, what are you talking about? Years and years ago at the Rugby World Cup, Scotland, I think it was their opening game in the Rugby World Cup, Chris Patterson was still playing for them. And in the opening play, he kicks out at a player and red card immediately, straight off the pitch. Like, that's that's the way that should be treated. I mean, uh, from looking at that there, there was no... Um, I don't, was there even a penalty called on the ice? I'm not entirely sure there was. Like to me, that's that's a game misconduct. That's get off the ice. Yeah, it's huge. Get out of the game. Yeah, massive. It is shocking, so it is. Um, and I and I can't remember that, John. So just in case you're wondering, nah. <laughs> at least somebody does. It was the it was the same year that uh, O'Connell for Ireland stamped on the guy's uh, hand and got red card as well. Oh yeah. Um. So the yeah. So that's us for period two. I'm I'm Did having some serious. Uh, no. Um, I'm having some serious technical dif- difficulties. My mic arm has fallen off. So <laughs> if you're wondering why I went really quiet and a bit awkward, but that's why I'm currently ha- holding my uh, mic in, the, in my hand. You and went quieter really and awkwarder. Yep, yep. It happens sometimes. You, you, go, you, go deal, you go deal with your with your mic arm. We will continue on then with period three of hockey. Period three then is our general knocky news. news. Uh, Noki News is where we get to talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that has taken our attention, normally over the last couple of weeks, but this time over the last sort of four weeks. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, <laughs> you would think that this would be way fuller because it's had four weeks, but there's only two. Um, I'm going to go with mine first. This was uh, something that we all kind of talked about uh, to start with. Uh, Justin Bieber has uh, been in the news. Um and it's a lot of it's come down to the fact that he's having a sort of back and forward with uh, an NHL goalie about a shootout competition. So, I mean, that, that all comes and goes. We all know that Justin Bieber is uh, an avid hockey fan and he can also um, play a little bit. Um, in fact, he's iced over here with uh, I think the Manchester Storm yep. uh, a couple of times uh, and has trained with them. This time he was in uh, the States and he was on Jimmy Fallon. And uh, he was teaching Jimmy Fallon how to play hockey. Uh, the funnier part of it all is that Jimmy Fallon clearly has never been on a pair of skates before, even though he is, and I know he is, an avid Rangers fan, which is why he's wearing all the Rangers gear during this piece. Yep. 
Um, however, we, we did kind of balk at one point of it because Justin Bieber's not known as a hockey player. He's known for one thing, and one thing in particular, not annoying all of us all the time, but yeah. he is a singer. At the end of this video, he sings the Canadian National Anthem, possibly in the worst rendition of it I've ever heard. Way out of tune, way off key. This guy's made millions as a singer. Seriously. But you're remembering, you're, you're forgetting that he goes into a recording studio, records an album with a lot of auto-tuning, I'm going to guess. Uh, and then when it comes to his actual live concerts, from what I've been led to believe, he lip-syncs and dances in his concert and that's about it i could believe that so you know singer in inverted commas um yeah i mean we 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 listened to a, we listened to a podcast um we've went and seen said podcast um and yeah it's it's kevin smith's yep. podcast um for anybody who hasn't listened to it it's hollywood babylon it's amazing podcast um it's on hiatus but i'm hoping it's coming back soon sorry let's let's move on anyway totally but aside he has a, a little section about justin bieber in that we we unfortunately we can't play that clip um but but we wholeheartedly, we wholeheartedly tell agree you to go and listen yes. to the justin bieber segment of hollywood babylon if just for the theme tune yeah it, we wholeheartedly agree with it he's not he you know we wouldn't it wouldn't be the first person that i'd be interested in at all like but this section this um definitely this little clip in the section he done with jimmy fallon was pretty funny i've got to admit and i kind of felt a bit more like you know what he seemed like a funny funnier kind of guy you know when he was you know taking part in different bits of it um and he does have some skill now i because when i watched the video and i text you guys and i went I tell you what we may not like him but he, he has a bit of skill there and he's up against the one-on-one with that goalie um his pretty good final shootout goal is a sort of tur- twisting 360 backhand which yeah. is it's pretty good it's pretty like, nice if, it's if a nice honest, shot it's pretty good um i'll be honest this video definitely makes him look like a better hockey player than he is a singer yeah definitely 100 percent um but i still can't forgive him because is it now twice he's been in uh, nhl teams locker rooms and walked over the logos yep twice um kings and pens kings and I pens say. i although, mean i'd walk over the pens logo too if i was in there although he's never walked over the toronto maple leafs badge i'm just saying not yet but he is a massive uh leafs fan he he's is also a huge fan. canadian he is <laughs> they can keep him Dave's back. 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 (laughs) I've just given up. I'm just going to hold my mic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's a joke in that, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I sent you a photo. I completely bent the um, mount, so I don't know what's going on. The mount is completely bent, so it's just fallen over. So I'm just going to hold my mic. That's what she said. Okay. Um, Right, Uh, Marty. I'm going to come over to you because um, uh, something that's been in the sort of public eye is actually having an effect on the NHL. Yeah. um, This. Uh, this is the story around the uh, coronavirus um which is obviously now being named what's it called something seven nineteen nineteen they've changed the name something of it. anyway everyone knows this is yeah. a coronavirus anyway um but the coronavirus is now threatening to bring ice hockey uh to the, in the u.s to a, a massive halt because of equipment for the nhl players uh nhl players most of their equipment um is chinese made um and the chinese are having major problems with exporting at the moment um it's i mean it's 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 already hit things like the f1 grand prix which has been postponed until later this season uh the world the world athletics indoor championships have been moved to 2021 there's fears over the olympic games which are supposed to happen in japan this summer as well now um and this equipment uh is just another uh saga i suppose in the um 
basically how it's having a massive impact right across the globe. Um, due to the physical nature of the sport, many sticks get broken or damaged, as we all know. Um, and obviously with the damaged new ones, they obviously have to have a replacement there. Uh, Bayer Hockey provides 75% of the sticks for the uh, for the game in the US. Um, and it's the, the NHL or the Bayer have, have basically have commented or have made comments to say that they're actually having difficulties with the supply. Uh, which could mean that their stocks start to come run low in the NHL coming up towards playoff season. Um, I Does mean, this mean we get to a situation where very elite league, in inverted commas, where uh, teams start asking uh, fans for sticks? Uh, <laughs> you never know. Uh, they're just trying to they just go around all of the local sports, um, loads of the local sports, um, sports halls, sports, out, funny uh, sport, sports outlets the... and stuff. Like they go to like what's called the the big sports company over there. I can't remember um i've seen it too when i was in the states there recently and i can't even remember now what it's called but they just go to all the supermarkets and all of the local uh, how, how good would it be if we got to the nhl playoff finals like game seven and they're all playing with like uni hawk sticks <laughs> <laughs> um but it'd be interesting to see if it does actually have an impact but we've seen that i mean there was a photograph put out i think it was last week on the bbc news website that showed the uh one of the ports in china quite close to obviously where the outbreak was where a lot of the import and export happens within the infrastructure for china and it showed thousands of container ships uh ship containers uh stranded and left um because they can't move because they haven't got the workers to move them and they're not allowed to actually export things at the moment i mean it's massive th- it's a massive thing i suppose and there's a massive massive difficulty that they're having um but yeah uh dave any thoughts on that um, it's crazy because we, uh, even in my my work, um, I obviously can't mention who it is, unfortunately, but the getting parts um, for computer components um, and uh, different bits of pieces. We have even been informed by some of our suppliers that uh, the usual sort of two, three day turnaround is going to increase to closer to a week and that's to mitigate stock levels. So scary stuff. Yep, definitely. Right, uh, that brings us to the end of Noki News and we move very swiftly on to the Star Segment. Star Segment is where we, um, as podcasters, and uh, we do ask the fans occasionally as well, uh, to point out a specific player, team, uh, goal, or anything really that you think deserves uh, an individual plaudit. Um, We put that forward for the Door 14 Star. Last time, guys, uh, I'm going to go back through uh, the nominations. There were three nominations that made it through. Uh, This was four weeks ago, guys, so we're going all the way back. Um, Marty, you put forward the Coventry Blaze for their efforts with the EIHL Pride Weekend. Um, I put forward Philip Forsberg for a a stunning uh, lacrosse goal. And Aaron put forward Belfast's own... Matthew Harvey um, for his uh, exceptional uh, artwork that he's been putting out recently. There's another great one, one this week. We'll, we'll come back to that. Um, the results are as follows. In third place, we have Marty with 6% of the vote. In second place, and still on zero points, is me <laughs> uh, with 10% of the vote. And if you can do your maths, you know that with an absolutely astonishing win, uh, we have... Aaron with uh, Matty Harvey at 84% of the vote. The single largest win we've ever had on the Door 14 star competition. Um, I want to especially shout him out because since we uh, recorded the last podcast and gave him a bit of a shout out, he did get in touch with Aaron. So uh, I know that Aaron uh, really appreciated that, Manny. So thank you very much. 
Um, we're all massive fans of your work and long may it continue. But the piece that he did for um, friend of the show, Joe's son, Levi. Oh, that was phenomenal. Was absolutely brilliant. So we, Levi, has just started um, hockey lessons. And it was all done up in his Blackhawks gear. And Maddie did him up like a um, a little poster, like all the pros, like all the giants that he's done uh, over this season and the last couple of seasons. And it's absolutely epic. Um, long may they continue to be epic, Maddie, because I'm pretty sure a large percentage of uh, the crowd in the arena now use your art as their phone background. Uh, so, yeah, well-deserved, and uh, congratulations on winning that star for Aaron and that point. I've no idea what the point situation is at the moment. All I know is I'm still on zero. And I'm still in first. <sighs> Probably. Um, right, moving on then with this week's nominations. We have no fan nomination again, so we're going to carry on. Um, Aaron doesn't get a nomination because he's not here. He knows the rules. That means it's between Marty, Dave, and myself. And in reality, it's probably between Marty and Dave because everyone who votes, <laughs> you all suck and you clearly don't want me to get a point through this entire season. That's a really good way of me ingratiating myself to the voting public. Well done, John. Um, I might as well do mine first because I'm probably not going to get any votes other than myself anyway. Um, I'm going to go for the bar manager in McCool's. I'm really sorry. I can't remember your name. Um... But finally, after trying so, so hard last Saturday, um, the, the Giants had announced that um, the Nashville Predators and the St. Louis Blues game was going to be on. It was on Free Sports, and they put it on the TVs. Um, Dave and I walked into McCool's to find that the two TVs behind the bar were showing the game. Unfortunately, all the TVs in the front of the bar were showing golf, or were off. So within about, what, 15 minutes, Dave? Um, yeah. all the TVs finally had been switched over and I got to watch the Preds win uh, against the St. Louis Blues, which was great. So for that reason, um, I'm going for the bar manager in McCool's. Um, Marty, I'm going to come to you next for yours. Your nomination and why? Yeah, my, my nomination for uh, this week uh, actually was one of the latest pieces of artwork that Marty actually done. Uh, it was is, uh, of uh, is, uh, Elgin Pierce. Um. Not surprising that I put Elgin Pierce, I guess, as my um my choice for this this week. He's just he just had this, well, not just this past weekend with his um basically net ripping goal um at, at this past weekend, but he he's just had he's just been a real standout player since coming in for the team. He's uh really picked up um you know and filled in a, a gap that was really needed for this 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 team this year uh scoring some good goals and getting some high points on the on the um you know on the boards for for the team and i just think that uh th especially this past weekend um he just has been really i guess for me i'm not i'm not going to say that players haven't has has felt this season that players just haven't really been putting their heart and soul into it but you know, we, we we there could be arguments made, and I think you know I don't want to be one of those kind of neg ne negative people, kind of you know that, that kind of raises. But at times this season, it has felt a bit like some players have just been kind of coasting through and skating through. And again, who am I to say you know what 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 it's gone through, what's happened for each player in, in the team? But for me, I just feel at this point that uh you know there's some players who are standing out among others, and one for me this year uh, this the, towards this this tail end of the season is Elgin Pearson, and that's why he gets my star. Fair shout, Dave. Your nomination and why? 
So um, my nomination is for Kevin Fiala, uh, Minnesota Wild. He played, uh, you've always seen it with a lot, it's more for the the sort of league-wide uh, thing that's happening. And he played rock, paper, scissors uh, with a fan and give away a stick. Um, and the, 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 the kid's face is unbelievable, but the good karma coming from that led to him scoring a really early goal in that game. Um, and it's more for that sort of, general league-wide thing of uh, the, the players getting involved with the with the fans during the warm-up and giving pucks or sticks or different bits and pieces away. Um, I thought it was a really nice touch. I always love these. I, I, I said this earlier on, on, our, on our text group. Um, I always love these. I love these little like moments prior to the game starting where the fans bring down a poster and then there's a bit of an interaction between the fan and the players and stuff like you've got the ones like you know they're the rock paper scissors i've seen that happen before and i think it's really cute you've got the ones like where it's like um where they had oh the, the famous one of the girl with the poster about you know um i kissed him or something you know in high school or whatever. oh that's brilliant uh, but the then two, someone the two someone changed yeah then someone changed it to say something more rude but anyway um but i think these are really funny and yeah i think you're right i think it was a really nice little touch and and you can see that kid was really um you know it, was, it made that kid night definitely 100 mm-hmm. percent. you know on a similar vein i think dave you and me both noticed it um oh yeah was it when glasgow were in town the last time yeah uh fitzy had obviously uh geared up to play for them that night due to injuries for the team and he spent the last couple of minutes of warm-up going through the pucks that they had for warm-ups finding logoed ones to give away rather than giving away blank pucks to um giants fans to kids um so yeah that that sort of stuff goes a, a long way with all of us um yeah. so i think fitzy deserves a wee shout out for that as well yeah it really annoyed me because i really wanted to hit the fella so <laughs> <laughs> so uh rattling back through uh the nominations for this week's star segment we have myself with the mccool's bar manager uh, we have uh, Marty with uh, the Belfast Giants' own Elgin Pierce, and we have Dave going with the Minnesota Wilds' uh, Kevin Fiala. Uh, the nominations will be up on our Twitter page in the next couple of days, uh, ready for this weekend's games to give you something to do for 20 seconds in between periods of hockey. Um, and now I'm not entirely sure where to go with this because it takes us on to um, overtime and I don't see anything in the run order. No, we have nothing. Uh, obviously, Aaron is uh, missing an action tonight so we don't have any ABCs of hockey this week, unfortunately, which is sad because it's become one of our, our favourite parts of the episode. Well, I mean, we've gone through the entire <coughs> um, season and we've made it as far as, um, what, F? F. No, we've made it as far as G. We're on G. Well, we're, we're on G, but we've, oh, we've done we F. F. Okay, so yeah, we haven't got that far through the alphabet, we but anyway. We really haven't. This is going to take us, like, our, probably our entire podcasting career at this I point. I told to Aaron, whenever, whenever Aaron put this 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 segment forward during the summer when he made a suggestion about this when we had our meeting, uh, I make it sound like it was really formal, but whenever we had coffee <laughs> really and we were talking about the podcast, um, Aaron was like, what about this? And we were like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And I happened to mention, I was like, you do realise we only do, you know, like 12 episodes per year or whatever it is, like per season or whatever it works out average-wise. Uh, so it's probably going to take you a short while to get through. It's going to at least take two years. It's going to take slightly longer, I think. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit longer. <laughs> We're going to have to think about having him pre-record these. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, nothing else um, in this for this, and nothing really jumped out um, for me to add on as a as a as an overtime part. So with that, we'll just round off this week's episode. Um, one thing I will ask, and it's, I'm going to put this out as a as a, not a plea, but like a, I'm going to put this out as a 
as a request to regular listeners and regular regular people regular contributors to our show uh if you haven't done so already and you'd be willing to we would love it if you could just share our platforms especially like our twitter platform and even just talk about our podcast as much as you yeah, can yeah speaking speaking about twitter whoever's trolling us by putting us up to 400 and then putting us straight back to 399 <laughs> quit this it is, that's one of the reasons why i'm asking for the i'm plea i'm asking for a plea i'm i'm asking uh just to ask your friends to even follow us on twitter just to even just to get those numbers up for us even just to get past you know that 400 mark follow us and mute us i don't even care i'm here even, for the numbers even try to get us at least five or six to give us at least a buff, buffer room so there's a couple drop off it's not gonna go back yeah, exactly. 400. as as twitter deletes the bots we want to stay high here uh, so yeah, if you if you if you're so likely inclined, you know, um, shout out to your friends and and whatever else, closest people that you, even people who hate and you just want them to have the torture to listen to us, uh, <laughs> send them our way. But uh, yes, uh, please share, tweet or whatever, um, and let help us try and get past this 400 mark finally. Uh, and with that, then I'll just sign off for this podcast. As usual, you can get in touch uh, in the usual ways through all social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Door14Hockey. Our website is Door14Hockey.com, which has all of the old previous episodes, uh, some writing that we've done in the past, uh, some blog posts which we haven't done in a do while. Some more of that stuff. Should maybe try and catch up with some of that stuff soon. Uh, and also check out the content from this episode and other past episodes up there too. You can see what we've been talking about in video and images and story form there. Um, with that, then we will round off this episode. Uh, I'm Marty. I'm John. <laughs> I do. Have a week. Bye.